Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. If it wasn't for Andrew's teachings, I would never be where I am today. I would never have victory. I would be living a life of defeat. It was Andrew's teaching that allowed me to develop that faith. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to a special edition of the Gospel Truth. Again today, I'm gonna to be playing a teaching that I gave in Phoenix, Arizona during our Gospel Truth Conference in January of 2021. And I'm talking about how to stay positive in a negative world. We definitely are living in a negative world where all of the bad things are being amplified and the good things are being diminished, and you need this teaching. I think it'll really help you, and I just thought it was so good that I wanted to put it on our program so watch this. At the end of the program, we'll come on and share with you about how you can receive this teaching that will help you stay positive in a negative world. Turn over here to 2 Peter chapter 2. In 2 Peter chapter 2, it's talking about Lot. He was talking about how God brought judgment upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in verse 6. And he turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. I've had people before challenge me and say, the Bible doesn't even mention homosexuality. The word's not even in the Bible. Boy, how dumb can you get and still breathe? They didn't come up with the word homosexual until the late 1800s. No, the word homosexual is not in here, but Sodom and Gomorrah is a pretty good example of what God thinks of homosexuality. And this verse says that he used this as an example to those who would follow after. Go back and read Genesis chapter 19. If you have any questions about what God thinks about homosexuality, that should answer it. And in verse seven, it says, and delivered just Lot, that doesn't mean only Lot because his wife came out and also his two, two of his daughters. And so he wasn't the only one who got delivered out of Sodom. This is talking about and delivered just Lot, righteous Lot. The same word that was translated just right here in verse seven, in verse eight was translated righteous twice. So this is talking about that he delivered a just man. Lot was a godly man. Lot loved God. He was a righteous man. So in verse seven, he delivered righteous Lot or just Lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. This says that you vex your soul when you behold iniquity. This goes right along with what Jesus was saying that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. There are still a lot of Christians that think, you know what, it doesn't bother me. I can watch these movies that have nudity in it, that have homosexuality in it, that have unfaithfulness to your mate, that have lying and stealing and cursing and profanity. And I can watch this stuff and it doesn't bother me. I'm strong enough to be able to handle it. I've had a lot of people tell me that. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt 
good manners. If you are saying that, man, this doesn't bother me. I can, I can watch these R-rated, X-rated stuff. I can watch pornography. I can see all the stuff happening and it doesn't bother me. You're deceived. Thank you for that thunderous silence. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't like this, but how many witnesses do you need? Jesus said that because iniquity abounds, the love of many is going to wax cold. Here we see that Lot vexed his righteous soul. Did you know the word vexed is talking about he tormented, tortured his soul. Notice it says he tortured his soul, not his spirit. Of course, Lot was an Old Testament man, but in the New Testament, your spirit is born again. In the spirit, you're perfect. You're righteous and you're holy, but your soul is your emotional part, your personality part, and you vex, you torment your soul when you dwell in the midst of ungodliness. And I know there's some people right here thinking, well, you, this is the world we live in. You can't ignore it. You doc, God doesn't want us to go live in a monastery. I agree. We're the salt of the earth. To do any good, you got to get out of the salt shaker. We've got to be out into the world. I'm not saying that we just stick our head in the sand and ignore it, but you have to counter this. It's not, if you don't make a deliberate effort to stand up and persevere beyond the iniquity and stand against the iniquity that's around you, I guarantee you it will affect your heart. Your love will wax cold. You are not going to be an exception to what Jesus said. It can't happen without you deliberately on purpose standing against things. You know, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, it says, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And then the next phrase says, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. There's a linkage there. Did you know that words are weapons? It's not coincidental that he says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And then he says, and every tongue that rises against you. Words are weapons. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Words have life and death in them. And when you listen to ungodliness, when you listen to lies, when you listen to people that just ridicule and make fun of God and the Bible and godly principles, it's death and it's a weapon. And it says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. I'm not telling you to withdraw and get to where you stick your head in the sand and that we just don't even know anything that's going on and we refuse to uh, be a part of this world that we live in. But when you hear unbelief, when it comes at you, you have to condemn it. You have to stand against it. You have to say no in the name of Jesus. This is not right. You can ask Jamie that, man, I'm fanatical on this, but, you know, we'll be driving in the car and hear the news or something. And they'll say it's flu season. And you can ask her, I'll say, not for me in the name of Jesus. I don't believe in the flu. They'll sit there and say, you know, have you gotten this? Or, you know, when you get over a such certain age, you'll start having this. And I'll say, no, thank you, Jesus. I don't have that. If you will hear unbelief and if you will counter it and speak against it, 
then it just loses its impact. You have to condemn it. But if you don't counter it, I guarantee you every word, not only your words that come out of your mouth, but every word that you hear uh, in music, in news, in whatever it is that you're listening to, every word is either life or death. And if you don't counter that death and say no in the name of Jesus, then those words are like seeds and it just immediately starts producing it immediately starts bringing something to pass. It immediately starts hardening your heart and putting a layer of insensitivity between you and God. And you have to stand against it. And brothers and sisters, this generation of Christians are exposed to more ungodliness, more doubt, more unbelief than I believe any generation of Christians that have ever existed. We pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to have pornography and unbelief and hatred and strife and lies pumped into our home. That doesn't mean you have to watch it. I'm not against television. I'm on television. <laughs> I'm not against television, but I'm saying that there's an on and off button and you need to be able to be discriminating. You know, Jamie and I will watch some secular shows and stuff. We're, we're, it's funny because we were watching something the other day. I forgot what it was. But uh, anyway, the shows that we watch, typically, they're all old people shows. We watch Andy Griffith or uh, I don't know what else, uh, Hogan's Heroes or something like that. And all of the commercials are about sickness because it's only old people that watch it. But I sit there with a remote and the moment a sick commercial comes on, man, we, we uh, mute it and I'll sit there and counter it and say something. And we were watching something where they were, I think it was a cartoon or something and they were advertising toys. And I said, man, this is refreshing because <laughs> they weren't advertising sickness. But I mean, even if you could find something decent to watch, the commercials will kill you. You got to learn to stand against this stuff. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, unplug and get rid of everything. I lived for 20 years without a television and you know what? I didn't miss it. And so I, I'm not saying that you'd be bad to get rid of all that stuff, but at the very least, you've got to get to where when you hear something contrary to the word of God, you condemn it. And you say, no, in the name of Jesus, this is not for me. And you can counter that ungodliness. But if you don't, here was a righteous man, Lot, who lived in an ungodly place. You know why? Because there was green grass. It says in the 14th chapter of the book of Genesis that Lot and Abraham had so many cattle and sheep that they couldn't dwell together. And so... Abraham told him, he's, he took him up to a high place and he says, pick and choose which way you want to go and whichever way you go, I'll go the opposite direction. And if you've been over there to Hebron is where this happened. In the area of Hebron, I mean, you can walk two and three feet, six feet in between blades of grass. It's nearly desert. But down in the Jordan Valley before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, it was lush grass. You know, I've had horses a lot of my life and when I'd go rent a place or buy a place, I'd always look to see was there good grass. When you have animals, you think about things like this. And for Abraham to say, you just pick which way you don't want to go. Over here where there's great pasture land or do you want desert? 
There wasn't much choice. And so Lot chose the great pasture land and he moved into Sodom and he did it for the financial benefit that it would help him with his herds. He put that ahead of anything else. I tell you, that's just absolutely wrong. And today there's many people that are worshiping the almighty dollar and they will sit there and they will compromise their godly convictions. I've had people before sit there and say, but if I stand up, I might lose my job. Well, then lose your job. <laughs> and some people think, well, you aren't compassionate. There's some things more important than having a high paying job. And I guarantee you, keeping your, your love from growing cold is an important thing. And yet most people are putting more emphasis on, on a job. If you get a job offer, most people, it, you don't even consider, is there a good church in this place if I have to move? Is this what God wants me to do? No, the whole thing is about, is it a promotion? Am I going to get more money? And that's what most people would sell their soul out. And they don't even check to see if there's a decent church or they don't even think about the spiritual things. I'm telling you, that's wrong. There's, there's a lot of things more important than just finances. Lot, for whatever his reason was, he chose Sodom and Gomorrah, lived in a place where it was so ungodly that two angels came into the place and they wanted to have sex with these angels. I guarantee you, America is heading in this direction where they have parades and brag about homosexuality and now they're pushing transgenderism and men are competing in women's sports and taking away scholarships from women and just things are happening in the body of Christ. When are we going to stand up? There are some in the body of Christ standing up, but we need to all stand up. You know, we stood up in Woodland Park and we made a decision that we were going to still hold our meetings and stuff. And the city came against us and they served us with cease and desist orders and all of this. And praise God, we had uh, Liberty Council represent us and they did a great job and we won. But did you know if every church in Woodland Park would have stood up and have said no, that would have ended it. They wouldn't have done it against the whole body of Christ. But we just had one group that stood up. And because of that, they came out against us. If the entire body of Christ, if everybody would stand up and start saying, this is godly, this is ungodly, we aren't going to stand for this. I guarantee you, we could turn this nation around. But as long as there's just individuals standing up, they'll continue to fight against us. Every rank and file member of the body of Christ ought to stand up. And I love you all. I know that some of you are going to be offended. I don't mean this to offend. I'm, I'm meaning it to show us how desperate the situation is so that we will do something instead of just continuing until, you know, it's like a frog. You put it in the water and if it's boiling, it'll jump out. But you put it in cool water and turn up the temperature gradually and it'll stay there until it boils to death. I'm trying to keep you from boiling to death. I'm trying to let you know that it's time that you do something. So I'm, I'm not trying to offend you, but I can guarantee you there's many people in here that you, you go to churches that are dead dead churches. If they called 911, they'd have to carry out half of the crowd before they could find the dead person. 
You go to dead churches and you sit there and you let people speak against what the Word of God says. And you do this week after week after week and you think, oh, it's not bothering me. I can still handle this. I go back to 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You're listening to speak, people speak unbelief and counter all of this stuff. I guarantee it's going to affect you. Oh no, I'm a mature Christian. It doesn't bother me. You're deceived. I don't believe that hearing one word is going to contaminate me if I stand up and condemn it and refuse to accept it. But for me to willfully just sit under and listen to unbelief over and over and over, then you're going against what the Bible says. You're going against what Jesus said. He said the majority of people, their heart where their love will wax cold when they just, uh, iniquity abounds around them. We have the example of Lot and he was a righteous man, but seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing their unlawful deeds from day to day vexed his righteous soul. It'll vex your righteous soul. It is vexing your righteous soul and many of us don't even recognize it. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we've got to stand against this and we are... In a way, it's good because the body of Christ has been without criticism, without persecution. Most people see that as something that happens overseas and because of it, they just haven't taken things serious. They've been a, it's been a sleeping giant. But you know what? I believe that this is waking up the body of Christ and recognizing that the reason this nation is in the mess that it's in, the reason that we see these riots and people storming the Capitol and stuff is because they have no fear of God in them. Psalms chapter 36 verse 1 says, the transgression of the wicked says within my heart, there is no fear of God before their eyes. People have lost the fear of God. 50 years ago, people were messed up. People didn't know the Lord, but they wouldn't just go in and start murdering people and killing people because they had a knowledge of God, a fear of God. And they knew that somehow or another they were going to answer to a God. So even though they may not have been living for him, they knew that he existed and they didn't want to sit there and just usher themselves into a Christless eternity. But today we got an entire generation that have lost the fear of God. They don't even acknowledge that God exists. So they go in and start killing people and then commit suicide thinking I escaped punishment. They didn't escape a thing. They just ushered themselves into an eternity of punishment by killing themselves. A fear of God used to restrain evil. The transgression of the wicked says within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. People need to be aware of God. And how do they do that? Because the Christians are standing up and proclaiming that this is a godly way to live and this is an ungodly way to live. And you don't have to condemn the people. You can sit there and say, I love you. I don't want your life destroyed. You can do it in love, but you've got to speak the truth in love. Love does not set people free. It's the truth spoken in love that sets people free. Truth doesn't set people free by itself. It's got to be spoken in love. It's not one or the other. You got to have both. But I guarantee you, we've got to speak the truth. And so what I'm trying to do tonight is to just say that, look, this, we are in a crisis situation, not only in this nation, but in the world. 
It's a crisis situation. We are moving towards the end times. And Jesus said that in these last days, as iniquity abounds, and that is abounding, the love of many or most is going to wax cold. And I guarantee you, it'll happen to the people right here. You are the exception. You're the fanatics that come out on a Thursday night to a convention center to listen to a hick from Texas talk. You're a fanatic or you were drugged here by a fanatic. One of the two. But so you're the exception. And yet I can guarantee you that people sitting right here in this auditorium, man, your heart is, you know, your heart becomes sick when you see things that you've been praying for and looking for and you don't see them coming to pass. It'll make your heart sick. It'll make your, your love grow cold. And if you don't recognize what's happening, and if you don't learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord, then I can guarantee you, you are going to grow cold. It's not, it might happen to some people. It happens to the majority of people unless you know what to do. So that's what I'm going to be ministering on this week. Tonight, I was just trying to discern what is the problem before you can give the solution to the problem. You got to admit that there's a problem and you got to, uh, start looking for an answer. So that's all I've tried to accomplish tonight. The rest of the time, I'm going to be talking about how to keep yourself encouraged in the Lord, how to do these things and share scriptural examples with you. And if you'll implement this, then I believe that you could be one of those in verse 13 where your heart's not going to grow cold, but you will endure to the end and you will be saved. But it's not going to happen unless you do it on purpose. This doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't just happen automatically. It's something that you have to pursue. If you pursue it, you'll get it. And if you don't, you won't. That's right. So we need to be pursuing God. And the very fact that you're here, I compliment you for it. You could be doing a lot of things. You could be sitting at home watching as the stomach turns on television. <laughs> and yet you came here. And so praise God. But you're going to have to do more than just come to a conference. You're going to have to learn how to take the word of God and encourage yourself in the Lord. And so Dennis and I are going to be ministering things that I believe are going to build you up and help you and praise God. You can go out here instead of being part of the problem, you can be a part of the solution. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So Father, I share these things with the people tonight. Father, believing that this week you are going to encourage us. There's a lot of ungodliness. There's a lot of iniquity in this nation and being broadcast on the news and, and hatred and variance and pestilence and earthquakes and all of these things. And Father, I just believe that you are going to help us to encourage ourselves to leave this place built up in our faith, walking in the kingdom of heaven instead of just the kingdom of this world. That, Father, we will be unscathed, unstained by it. That we'll be like the Hebrew children that went through the fire and came out without the smell of smoke on us. Father, I thank you. And I, I just pray that you open up people's hearts. That, Father, nobody would take this lightly. That everybody would recognize we're in a crisis situation, not only in our nation, but in our own lives. That, Father, we have to learn how to keep from letting our love wax and cold. And Father, I thank you that as people open up their heart and receive this, we just thank you that this is going to make a difference in people's lives. And I thank you for doing that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 
Today you saw a portion of Andrew's teaching titled, How to Stay Positive in a Negative World, recorded live from the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference in 2021. This product that we're offering on how to stay positive in a negative world is something that you need. I can guarantee you we need to guard our hearts against this or our love will wax cold. So I've got DVDs that were taken from the conference in Phoenix. I've got CDs where it's the audio teaching of that. And this is just my teaching on how to stay positive. But then we have these CDs, DVDs, and a USB that is the entire conference. And I had Dennis Burke with me who taught three messages with my four messages. You could get the entire conference and so we've got multiple ways for you to get the entire conference or just my teaching on how to stay positive in a negative world. Listen to our announcer as he gives you all of the details. This complete teaching is available as a CD or DVD album. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website at awmi.net. Also available today is the entire 2021 Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference, which includes sessions from Andrew as well as Dennis Burke. This entire conference is available as a CD or DVD album or on a USB flash drive. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of just $49 when you contact us. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College are raising up disciples who are bringing God's kingdom into every sphere of society. Disciples like Colin and April Carr. After graduating Karis in 2008, God told Colin to leave the security of his job and start his own real estate company just months after the market crashed. We had just had our first child and there were more reasons than you can possibly imagine of why it was not the right time to start a new company. However, we knew for a fact that God was telling us to do it and we knew for a fact that what the Lord told us to do was the safest place that we could possibly be. By seeking first God's kingdom, the cars saw their business grow supernaturally, and today, their one small startup now has offices in over 40 states. To see their full financial breakthrough story, visit awmi.net today. Andrews Bible College, Karis Bible College, has over 60 extension schools around the world. Go to karisbiblecollege.org today to find a school near you. Transforming lives, training leaders, changing the world. Karis Bible College. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. 
I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week.